So you think budgeting's boring, huh? Well, prepare to think differently. You're listening to Braving Bad Bosses with Jeff DeWolf and Todd Chandler, where we discuss how to survive a bad boss and not be one. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Braving Bad Bosses. This is Jeff DeWolf. I am excited to enter into a new topic today. As you know, in season three, we are talking about breaking the cycle of bad leadership, bad bossing. First two seasons were really bad boss stories and how to cope under really rotten leadership. Season three, we've shifted gears and say, how do we break the cycle of bad leadership in our own lives? And one of the topics that's new, that isn't even in the book, is the topic of today's conversation, which is about resource planning and about budgeting of all things. And that's not something I enjoy or or really even want to talk about. And so uh, to help me with that today, I have invited a special guest, the guy who is to blame for all of this, to be honest. He came to me. His name's Tyson Shank. Tyson, I'll let you introduce yourself in just a second, but I'll I'll just let people know that we've known each other for, I don't know, a year or so through various things. But Tyson was looking to bring the Real Life Leadership Program in-house to the organization where he works. And looked at the modules and said, you know, something's missing as far as what we need. And I think, Tyson, you said, we, we need to teach managers and leaders something about basic budgeting. And we, we got together and we came up with some pretty good ideas. So why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, where you work, and what you think yeah. about all that. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, so Tyson Shank, and I'm uh, actually a manager of organizational development at Kansas City University. Uh, so it really a health sciences professional school. Uh, So really working there with the faculty and employees who are helping to build our students of the future that are going to go out and be doctors. Um, So you're exactly right. We spoke with our deans and when we were looking at at bringing a leadership program onto campus and said, man, this this philosophy of real life leadership really seems to to gel with uh, something that we think will work here. But yeah, this resource thing is, is kind of a pain point for us. Um, and, and a place where we really needed to put something in place to, to help teach people here how we want this to look. Right. So when we got together, Tyson and I looked at each other and I said, hey, we can customize this, but you need to help. <laughs> <laughs> we can create a module around this, but I have no idea what we should talk about because I yeah, don't like budgeting. And um, I should also say that not sure when this is going to air, probably pretty quickly, but we're sort of in the middle of this uh, coronavirus new reality, aren't we? So we're doing this remotely. We're practicing social distancing from each other, although we are less than an inch apart from our faces touching on the screen here. <laughs> so true. So, I don't know if that counts. Or as long not. as it doesn't transmit uh, virtually, we'll be okay. Put your mask back on, Tyson. I don't want to uh, take any chances. Uh, got, it, got it. Digital viruses are just nothing to be screwed around with. Anyway, yeah. So you've even you've even uh, I guess implemented this or taught this, led this workshop in your organization. How how was it received? Yeah, actually. So I've done uh, two sessions. I have two cohorts going on simultaneously in two different locations. And um, there, and I was very candid with them that this was new uh, to, and something that we worked to, to bring put forward and was really seeking their feedback on uh, what they thought of it and how applicable they felt it was. And really got great feedback from both cohorts on the fact that it, this this is very tangible, applicable, and they like the simplicity of the tools that are presented. It is. Uh, it's a little bit difficult because everyone's budgeting process is different, right? But when we, we set out to come up with some key principles around budgeting and resource planning and what leaders need to do, it, we wanted it to be 
kind of uh, you know transferable between levels between industries and just kind of think about think about it in general terms that could be applied to anyone's situation. And one of the first things we talked about was this idea of scarcity. And I don't remember which one of us came up with that idea, but that to me is a real powerful thought. I think we defined scarcity um, in the workshop as let me let me just look at it really quickly because I think we defined it the gap between limited resources and theoretically limitless ones. Yes, exactly. That's it. The gap between limited resources and theoretically limitless wants. And so this, I think that's like a psychological term or from the, the world of psychology, but we co-opted for this and, and said, that's a feeling that our, our direct reports can get if they are operating in an environment where they don't have the resources they need to do their jobs well, right? Yeah, I think it all started from people, right? How to, If we're going to be good leaders, then it's really about helping our people feel like they have what they need to do their job well. We uh, we use an analogy in that world. It's sort of like the difference between treading water, kind of barely keeping your head above water, and and the feeling you get when you're swimming freely. You know, you you're you're making progress. It can be an enjoyable experience for I guess those are people who like to swim. But yes. the difference between that and scarcity, where you just for like you're you're holding your breath half the time, just trying to keep your head above water, is is the way some people work. And it's always interesting as I spoke with the groups to to learn kind of what what are those points that pull people into scarcity, that that feeling. And sometimes it's surprising, <laughs> the thing. Sometimes, really? you know, our big hot topic at one of the, the areas was office supplies, is what okay. pulled people into this place of scarcity. Sometimes just missing a binder clip can snowball into wasted time and irritation and job satisfaction issues. <laughs> Absolutely, kind of yeah, the, fr the frustration. And then even the, talked about some of the, the kind of the side deal bargaining that has to happen in order for you to get your basic paperclip. That uh, was pretty fascinating. It's all about the paperclip. That's right. Yeah. All right. So we also talked in that in that workshop about the fact that a lot of people don't like the budgeting process or, or they don't they don't have a lot of confidence in it because of dysfunctions that we have all seen and experienced probably in our own work lives. And um, we talked to, we talk about 10 or so different types of dysfunctions. I'm just curious, was there was there one or or two in that list that you can relate to or resonate with or have seen in, in real life in your experience? Yeah, you know, actually I, I had a, a boss who used to always kind of say that that peanut butter budget approach as we call it, where we're just gonna take everything we have and we're just gonna layer across a nice smooth even, layer. smooth, 3% increase and and hopefully, you know, we get some of that. <laughs> so that, that definitely seen that one come out. And I've also seen, you know, the apathetic and panic budget, oh, yeah. as we call it, where, you know, you just kind of say, I know I need to do this budgeting thing, but I always end up getting what I, what I asked for ever, you know, I get the same thing I got the previous year. Yeah, and so right. I'm not going to put any time into it. And then all of a sudden last minute, I'm scrambling, trying to throw together some things. Yeah, no, that's those are those are a couple of good ones. We have ten of them in there. It's kind of interesting. Uh, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that budgeting processes can get really dysfunctional, and that can that can breed this feeling of why bother. So there's a lot of budget dysfunctions out there, and we just we kind of want to want managers and, and supervisors just to realize that you know what you, you you need to do the process, and and so in order to do the process and not fall victim to some of these easy way outs or this kind of this let it ride approach where we don't think through what's what's coming we just or we just take last year's budget and slap it in 
like you said, maybe the peanut butter approach is add a few percent and hope hope it sticks. We wanna we wanna replace that thinking with with actually a system of thinking, right? So you you started this discussion with kind of a model in mind. You you, you thought having a model approach, like a some way to think about it to put it in a framework, um, would be a good way to approach it. Yeah, you know, as an organizational development guy, as a change management guy, I kind of had this working thing in my head about Levitt's diamond and mm-hmm. this idea of organizational effectiveness, but also, you know, thinking of a budget as it's a change every year. And so if I want some people to buy into my change, how do I think through that and make sure that I'm accounting for all the different levels? Right. And so I think you started out with a diamond and I managed to totally hijack the idea and turn it into a stop sign. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Which just feels completely right now that now that it's in kind of in production. So we did. We we created something called a stop model. And a stop model is we'll just we'll go over really high level what that is because I think it's a great way to think about resource needs for your team and in a way that's memorable. And so picture a big stop sign. You have eight sides. Think of the Top, bottom, left, and right is, is four different elements. And, and just as a as a high-level overview, strategy is the first thing. So S stands for strategy. And this is a little different than the other three categories, right? We, we wanted to start with strategy because it, it addresses the issues that are impacting the priorities and the structure of the budget. And so do you have a couple of examples of what goes into the strategy part that shapes our thinking in terms of the rest of the budget? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of things that are happening now, you know, constantly like reorganizational uh, alignment or or structures that are changing and how that impacts our responsibilities. Um, Of course, new directions, new mandates, things like that that come up along the way that are constantly kicked our way. So those would be two key ones that immediately come to mind. Yeah. And uh, I think we talked about this thing we call pressure points as well, which Took on a life of its own, didn't it? We were, we were thinking about part of strategy is deciding where are we getting pressure for the expectations on our team? And by looking at where these pressure points are coming from, these, if you want to think of them as demands, um, expectations, it helps us then to decide how we need to shift our strategy, how we shift our budget priorities. And so if you think about all of the different pressure points that you can have, you can have them coming from inside the organization, right? Both from above as our direct boss and department is putting pressure on us to deliver certain things from our team as our people are telling us what they need to do their jobs well and what they want to in order to enjoy their jobs. Internal stakeholders, internal customers, all having demands downstream and upstream from us. And then also it can happen externally. And you've got at KCU, you've got some serious external demands that could yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got, got your accrediting body, bodies and those regulations that are constantly changing and evolving as well as uh, you know, in our market right now, there's a lot of new um, competitors coming into the, the marketplace that are doing DO med schools. And so uh, it's changing the the whole marketplace setting for us. Right. So all of those pressure points together lead us to kind of set new priorities or, or have to have some guidelines and um, structure around what our budget looks like. So then that leads us really to, okay, what are the budget categories that we need to think about that fall under the headings, tools, operations, and people? kind of rounding out our stop STOP methodology. We won't go into a lot of detail on these, but you know, from a tools perspective, really any of those infrastructure elements that you have that allow work to be done. And you know, I think of things like technology, software or database subscriptions or access that we need to purchase, equipment, tools, even vehicles and office space, all of that physical stuff. Maybe even a change to a workspace setup. I wanna I wanna make a shift. I want to reorganize that. 
True, true. And we can we can talk about that as we talk about people and how they interact, how they interrelate. Something, a change in people in terms of adding people or whatever may have an impact on technology or on, on space requirements. So they all tend to interact and overlap as well. So, so then operations, any examples of, of operations? I mean, these are what a lot of people think of, I think, when they think of budgets. Absolutely. You know, this is where our, our, our paper clips come in and our binders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, any kind of materials, the professional services that we might might be, uh, you know, utilizing uh, any outsourced services that are, are taking load off of our team or could take load off of our team that we could look at. Um, and then, you know, travel, if, if, you know, we have multiple locations or and it's going to require some back and forth travel, those are all considerations we look at here. Right. So those are a lot of times people think of those as the traditional budget categories. And so we want to make sure we capture those because those are the things we need to do to actually operate. And then the third of the elements are is people. And I got to I got to give them my favorite quote. All right. So it's, <laughs> these are your headcount needs and the needs of your headcount. I absolutely you know? love that. Every time I say it, it just found, it sounds great. <laughs> no, so, like, so, so seriously, this is where you get the plan and you say, you look at your your load and all the demands and you say, how many people do I need in this department going forward? You know, it may, it may actually be a subtraction if you see right. significant changes on the horizon. Or how many people am I inheriting because of an organizational restructure? Exactly. And we also like to think of all those people line items like training and development and certifications and conferences and seminars and, and not not to forget team building, building in some expense for developing relationships. Absolutely. Managing, managing the culture as well. Often an oversight and then a scramble at the end to say, oh, I don't know if we're going to have the money to do it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's just as important as some of these other things. We need to make sure we are thinking of it in advance and kind of balancing the budget to include some of these things as well. All right. So let's talk real quickly about this other interesting idea that we came up with around the levels of resource requests, because we if you're listening to this and you have to put together a budget and request a budget, it's going to come. There's going to come a time when you have to decide what am I asking for. One of the dysfunctions we didn't talk about was the, um, I think, what did we call it, the bargaining budget, where you, oh yes, where you need you really, really look at your your load and say I need two people, I need two additional people to to function next year, but I'm going to ask for ten. <laughs> and then they'll get, if they give me two or oh, three, I'll get a couple. <laughs> exactly. Good. Good. Yeah, so we have this. We have to decide when we look at our budget requests whether we're going to ask for um, which level we're going to ask for, how much money we're going to ask for each for each particular category. Why don't you just share the, the cool little alliteration that we came up with around that? Yeah, it's, it's it's really nice. It's you know really this idea of at the basic level you've got your survival needs, those necessities. Beyond that, it, it's really what is needed by me team to really to deliver what's expected and that's to this thrive realm Mm -hmm. and then this really taking it to the next level what's that thing that man if we could invest in this and do this would really drive our strategy to a whole new level so that becomes our drive level so we kind of have this survive thrive drive which goes from necessity to absolutely what's needed to next level things Mm -hmm. that we can really take this thing on so why don't I just ask for all next level stuff? <laughs> well, you can sure do that. That might be the what the kitchen sink uh, dysfunctional budget, I think, yeah, is right. We just pour everything into there. I mean, probably not going to work well for you though, and probably going to jeopardize your credibility <laughs> for any future yeah. asks. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's a good. That's a really good point. And that's one of the dangers of that uh, that bargaining approach. When you go to your boss and you say, hey, listen, I really need you know hundred thousand dollar travel budget or whatever the number is for whatever category. And you don't get it, and you still function just fine. 
you know, eventually yeah. people are going to, it's going to be the boy who cried wolf. And I think those were really the kind of the two litmus test things that we were saying here. We need for what, what I was hearing is that we're not having the right conversations. When I talked to my finance group and, and the managers, there's a disconnect in the conversations where happen. And there's also a disconnect in us really looking at the information at hand and mm -hmm. processing this in a way where the requests make sense for the strategy we need to deliver on. And so that was the idea was build a model that would capture those two elements. Right. That's very good. And uh, I think you came up with this is uh, you, you're a big fan of uh, what was it? The Ronco. Ah, yes. The Ronco. You know, not many people remember this anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a hit or miss. It's about a 50, 50 mix in my sessions. <laughs> When, when I get when I tell them the catchphrase, then they remember it, but they don't remember the actual what's the, device. What's the catchphrase that uh, those late night TV infomercials where it had the rotisserie chicken that you could uh, put in the Ronco and you would set it and forget, and forget it. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the whole point we bring that up in this workshop is that this process. So going through the process and and doing a good job of anticipating and thinking through the needs and working with your team and coming up with a, a good well-rounded budget that anticipates those technology operations people need that's not that's not enough just to do that right and turn it in it's not a set it and forget it thing and i struggle with this i don't know about you tyson i think i, I get the sense you don't necessarily as much but for me you know, if, if i can force myself to go through this planning process i'm really tempted then to put it on the shelf and just be done looking at it i want to go do stuff i don't want to keep thinking about it and that's dangerous. And so you guys, I think you wanted to leverage one of the things you already encourage in, in your organization are these check-ins, these intermittent times where you stop and you check in. And we, we, we continue that idea with this and we call them rest stops, R-E-S stops. I know it's corny, but it, it works. <laughs> it works. Little cheese helps. So we wanted to send a message that once you know, once this is in place, we can't just set it and forget it. We need to, we need to have these rest stops. And those could be monthly or quarterly or weekly, depending on how dynamic your operation is, right? Yeah, and ideally, when we're talking about scarcity, if, if we're having check-ins with our people and we're starting to hear patterns about what's happening with them, and then we then take a stop and look at our resources and look at this, the technology operations and, and people components and the strategy that allows us to really say, okay, how does this, where, where do we take it from here? And how can I help alleviate some of the pain points of my people? And so it reminded me of when we were kids, and you, you know you're three years old and you're walking around, you're toddling around. And what's the first thing your parents tell you when you get when you when you come to a, a street, right? You need to stop and look both ways. Look both ways. And so um, when it comes to a rest stop, we said, you know what, you're not you're not really looking left and right. When you come to a rest stop in this process, we're asking them to look backward and forward. Can you just talk for just a minute on what what are we looking backward at and forward at? Yeah, I mean, you know, really taking a look at backward to say what did we think we were going to spend money on and what mm -hmm. are we spending money on mm -hmm. to this point and what what were the initiatives that we thought we were going to be pursuing and have any of those initiatives shifted in the last you know couple of months or whatever it might be and so that's what we're really looking back on then then okay. we turn and we look look forward from there and say okay well as we, we look at how things have trended in the past how, how does that project forward or are we going to are we going to run out of money in any of these categories and is that going to be a problem for us to be able to deliver or for my people to feel like they can really thrive in their roles or what how do we see the kind of the shifting sands happening with the strategies that we that are coming down the pipe 
that maybe we're seeing that there's a need to shift resources into an area that we hadn't planned for. Yeah, I love that. That's probably the most critical thing to me is a lot can happen from month one to month three or month six, whatever the case is when you're looking you're looking forward. Oftentimes, priorities we thought were priorities coming into a year are not priorities. This is probably a perfect example of nobody started 2020 anticipating that most of March, April, and who knows how long we would be going through some crazy virus lockdown, um, end of society as we know it kind of environment, right? So now would be a really good time pretty soon to go and do a rest stop and look forward and say, what are our new priorities? What do we need to invest in now? Now that we we have this new normal, at least for for a period of time. Yeah, we're shutting down travel. So those travel funds we thought we were going to expend, where could we invest those now to make more of an impact on the strategy that we're trying to deliver? Excellent. All right. So we're running short on time, but I want to hit real real briefly this idea of a sales pitch. And and this is a little different. If you don't see yourself in the role of of salesman when it comes to persuading the organization to invest in your team, I think you need to, right? I think you brought this up as a as a good thing we wanted to share. Yeah, I think, you know, it's as a manager, you kind of say, well, that I don't know if I'm an influencer here. And the the idea is we have to be, you know, just by just simply putting together a budget and filling together, putting out a form and sending that on to finance doesn't mean I'm they understand the context about why I'm asking for those things. Um, and doesn't don't, my, my boss may not understand how this aligns to the strategy they're trying to deliver and what it means to them. And so I always talk about this fact that the, the person I'm submitting to this, this proposal to, they're the one who has to be the hero here. And I have to show them how what I'm asking for is going to help them be the hero in their situation. Mm-hmm. One of the questions was that I liked was, uh, what would happen if I didn't get this request? It's okay if you say no to this, but just understand this is what will happen. Yeah, it's giving them permission to say no, but letting making sure they fully understand the repercussions of that decision. Um, and it's a good change management thing. We always talk about you know why this should happen, but also what's the impact if we don't make this change. Right. Um, that's extremely important to to getting that that change to occur. Yeah, it can help make the decision when you flip it flip it like that and look at it from a different angle. Absolutely. Well, that was Hell's Bells. Okay, so Tyson, I, I know you've, you're an avid listener to the podcast, so you know what Hell's Bells is all about. But just for those who are just joining us, when Hell's Bells rings, that's basically um, the universe telling us we've been talking long enough and it's time to wrap up. And so this season, what we're doing for a wrap up is we're just using what I call the three points, five questions in one action. Okay, we're going to start with the three points to remember. Number one. If leaders don't take the time to adequately plan for and ask for the resources needed by their team, the team may experience the feeling of scarcity. They struggle to perform without what they really need. And that word struggle, Tyson, kind of it reminds me that it's like struggling for air. That feeling you get when you're underwater and you're holding your breath. Yes. Like most everything else stops except the, the thought about how do I get air, right? We don't want people feeling that way about paper clips about you know something critical to the operation. Number two is planning for resource needs starts with clarity around strategy and those demands that come with that strategy. And then looking at technology needs, operational needs, and people needs to get a complete picture. Number three, resource planning is not a what, set it, and forget and it. Forget it. <laughs> it is not rotisserie chicken cooking. 
It takes frequent reviews where we, we stop and look both forward and backward in order to make adjustments. All right, five questions you can ask yourself as a leader today. Are my people experiencing scarcity in any budget category right now? Number two, do I tend to have any dysfunctional or quote, lazy budget behaviors in my own budget process? Number three, have I considered all budget needs of my team, including important culture and engagement building, people and team elements? Like you mentioned it, that's easy to overlook when we're focused on delivering results. Um, number four, have I stopped lately to see if any changes need to be made based on current spending levels or changing demands? And number five, do I treat my budget requests as well-crafted sales pitch presentations? That didn't come naturally to me. I was just like, as the last thing, I'm here, you can turn in the spreadsheet to finance and be done with it. All right, and so lastly, one action to take. And here's the, here's the one action I would recommend listeners do. You know, at your first opportunity, go back to your team and ask them to describe the one thing they need more of in their current environment. And just listen. I love listen, listen question. Because think about where people could go with that, right? I mean, absolutely. they could go strictly to, I need more travel dollars. I can't get to see, I can't get my clients. I can't, you know, I can't get face-to-face -face time or I need a new laptop because this thing, whatever. Or they may say, I need more of you. Yes. I need more of your time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm into the scarcity thing, as you can tell. <laughs> it's powerful. It, it can totally hijack our entire mindset. Any last thoughts or comments that you would uh, you would leave words of wisdom for leaders who are, who are listening to this and trying to figure out where do they start with budgeting and resource planning? You know, I think it, it all goes back to all the principles that you teach in your real life leadership piece, right? It comes back to focus, prioritization, and intentionality. Um, and making sure that you're, you continue to be a student of your people and, and helping them thrive. Awesome. Yeah. You can't be a student of your people unless you spend time with them. So I think that's a great, a great reminder, Tyson. And so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up with what I usually remind you of at the end of each podcast this season. Remember, you can break the cycle of bad bossing if you have the mindset and skill set of real life leadership. Thanks, Tyson. Talk to you soon, everyone.